You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. We ask our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over and if he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. Tim, the snow's moved out, right? Just a few flurries hanging around? Yeah, man, just a little bit. So little all, bit. The, all the fun stuff is over with. I don't know if there's any more on the way for tomorrow, but <laughs> should be a good day for ball either way. Yeah, I think right now there's no snow in the forecast, like less than a 10% chance. Um, I know in New England tomorrow, the 1 o'clock game, uh, Patriots-Jets, they're expecting somewhere between 5 to 12 inches of snow between now and then. So uh should be a good one there if I'm going to watch there in the early window before the Packers get kicked off, obviously. Um, just got through watching the Steelers beat the Ravens, although it was the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. You know, they sat several starters, but Steelers uh, – Going to be watching some ball tomorrow, too, to see if they get in. And then right now we've got the Colts and the Texans playing. And from what I understand, this is a win-in-your-end type game. So, like we said, Tim, Penn's, the the playoffs have been going on for about three weeks now, man. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not the only team, huh? You know, we got a lot of uh, a lot of guys out there fighting for uh, for their playoff lives right now. So, it's the, it's the most entertaining time of the year for sure, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. Doug in the chat says, everyone – I'm going to leave a comment on the video containing a link to a great 10-minute video on the basics of modern zone defense. I can't post the link here in the chat. <clears throat> Doug reached out to me on Twitter and asked if he could share that with you guys. Anytime you guys find any kind of content, share it. You know what I mean? And, and feel free to use any anything that I've got, too. I, I want to make this abundantly clear. I know there's many content creators that they don't want you touching their content. I get it. Um, I'm totally the opposite. Anytime you want, you guys want to cut a clip of mine or use it, as long as it's in a positive manner, 
um, you're more than welcome to do that. But also sharing clips, finding stuff that we can all learn from. Um, I'm excited to check that one out too, Doug, but appreciate you bringing that up. Anything we can uh, get access to to learn a little bit more about the game, especially the modern defenses. He goes on to say the defenses in the video are this year's Ravens, Niners, Dolphins, and Vikings. It's really good. Uh, really interested in the first three. You guys know I kind of feel like the Vikings defenses. Uh, I'm, I'm just not that impressed, to be honest with you. Uh, Ravens, that's a whole different ball game there, man. That's a, it's a lot of fun. The Niners, I want to believe in the Niners defense. It's just they've got so many studs. It's like, you could probably go out there and play any scheme to him and get the job done with who they got on defense out there. And uh, and you look at the key positions all the way up. I mean, it's just amazing. It's remarkable how loaded that 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 Niners defense is. And if I had to pick right now, I'd say probably Niners Dolphins uh, for the Super Bowl. Um, but you never know what's going to happen here, man. The uh, the real teams kind of show up when the when the football starts in the playoffs, man. No doubt. It's true. Speaking of defense, you see Keyshawn's uh, tweet from about five minutes ago. I did not. What did Key say? Well, he didn't say it. It's just a little uh, little image he posted. <laughs> oh Lord, let me go. Let me go check it out here. Know, if you Let's can go pull check it out. Nine, real quick. <laughs> Let's see. I see the uh, pin one. What is this? Are we in that mode? Oh, I see. <laughs> I love it. We in that mode. Yeah, which I'm going to save it right now. We're going to pull it up on the screen. Just the image. He just basically tweeted this out and put, we in that mode. So uh, let's see if we can get it up here in the show. Tell you what, buddy. We got this thing cooking now, man. Oh, no. I'm out of files. Imagine that. I'm I love it. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure everyone's seen it already. It don't matter. We're still going to show it, big dog. You got, you got to love it, man. Like almost 300 likes in like five minutes. Oh, yeah, dude, we've oh, – I'm sorry, almost 400 likes, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it. Love to see it. Let's see here. All right, I think we got it now. I'm going to pop it up real quick. This is what he tweeted out. Bang. We in that mode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's been a lot of crap talking, boys. A yep. lot of crap talking. I mean, you've you've got Jaquan Bit Brisker that said after the first matchup there against the Packers, Jordan Love ain't nothing special basically is what he said. You've got Justin Fields coming out and taking a shot at Green Bay, saying there's nothing to do up there but watch football anyway. And then, I mean, there, what, what else was it? Something else came out earlier today. I, I'm trying to remember what it was. Something else dropped that we talked about. There's just there's plenty of just plenty. Notice of, it's all from one side. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The Packers are just like this. All business. Yeah, get them in that bowl tomorrow, and just smack them around. That's the goal, man, for sure. So. Anyway, as Mandy sneaks in, what are you doing? Bringing me a thousand calorie milkshake, of course. Appreciate it. Love it. Thanks for contributing to the obesity. <laughs> All nope. right. Oh. My Christmas lights down, Clay. What's that? What'd you say? What'd you say? So don't tell Mandy I took my Christmas lights down today. Oh, she took them. He took them today. He took his Christmas lights down already. <laughs> If the Packers lose tomorrow, yeah, that's he said. It's she said it's a rule if the Packers lose tomorrow, it's your fault, Tim, because that's, <laughs> the rule is we keep it up until the Packers are out of playoff contention. So, oh, and, yeah, that's what I'm doing with the beard. The playoff beards in there full. You go. He's using the beard, so you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're, we're good. Super Bowl with Aaron, we yeah. left our stuff up until the next year. We did, man. We uh, the the year they won the Super Bowl there in 2010, we left all our stuff up, and uh, because we're just like that, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, 
they went on to win a Super Bowl. I remember everybody being here. We had about, I don't know, about 20 people here at the house watching the game, and they were all like, you still got your Christmas stuff? I was like, hell yeah. We ain't taking that down until they're out of this thing. You kidding me? So I'm not superstitious. I am a little stitious. <laughs> yeah. I'm really not superstitious, but I like tradition too, though. So it is For sure. Works. All right, let's get down to it. People in the chat are going, why, why am I tuning into this right now? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Clayton's bragging about getting a milkshake. Let's go to the injury news. A little update here. Matt Schneiman tweeted out the Packers have activated tight end Luke Musgrave. So he is good to go for tomorrow. I think we would all agree it's going to be a limited role most likely. But some of these other moves really kind of piqued my interest. He also went on to say they also activated running back Emmanuel Wilson. We kind of called that one, Tim, you know, with A.J. being out tomorrow. Yep. Um, wide receiver Grant DuBose has been elevated from the practice squad for a game for a game day. Now, keep in mind, we were sitting there going, OK, you can't you can't drop down Bo Melton. So. You know, what are you going to do? You're just going to carry six receivers. They called another one up, Tim. So what that tells me, there's a good chance two of those receivers might not be able to go, right? Two of those being what Christian – well, he goes on to talk about it here. Interesting that Packers caught up to both. That might mean one of the three wide receivers questionable. Watson, Reed, and Wicks doesn't play. So got to keep our eye on that. We'll know when the uh, actives and a inactives hit there tomorrow, about an hour before game time. Maybe we'll get it a little sooner, but uh, what do you think about that? You think, you, is that kind of how you're reading into that too, too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and it also tells us a lot about Robert Rochelle. That was my pick to get sent down. Clearly they, they opted to send David Long Jr. Down and uh, instead. So that bodes well for uh, Robert Rochelle, who's uh, definitely a special teamer for sure. Good, good contributor on special teams. Um, you know, and uh, helping us out there in the secondary in a pinch as well. And then obviously we get the, we get our answer about Rudy Ford here. You yeah. know, clearly the, the uh, hamstring issue is uh, serious enough to, uh, to send him down. So unfortunately Rudy's season's over. Um, maybe, maybe that played a big role in yeah. him under, under utilizing him, you know, um, nonetheless, he's not under contract now. So, who knows if he'll be back next year? I guess I'll let him test the market again and possibly bring him back. That would be my guess. But um, I like Rudy, man. I think he's a, I think he's a good ball player. I think he plays the game the right way for sure. Um, let's hop over to the Bears side real quick. On the Bears side of things, Kevin Fishbane, what a cool name. He tweeted out the Bears placed Lucas Patrick on IR and called up Doug Kramer from the practice squad. Now, Lucas Patrick, obviously their center. This this you might want to keep your eye on, Tim, because, look, yeah. I know Lucas Patrick is not a good offensive lineman. I'm not going to sit here and try to sell you on that. But when you have to go to a backup center and all of a sudden snaps might become an issue, I mean, that things are looking better and better for the Packers. Still, you can't overlook it, but, I mean, we just continue to see better news come out for the Packers. Musgrave's good to go, right? Yep. You probably have at least two of those three receivers will be good to go. Um, Aaron Jones is – Fully healthy now, right? You get Emmanuel Wilson back. That's going to help seeing the fact that AJ's not going to be in the game. And then all of a sudden, the Bears have got their starting starting center on IR now. And then it says cornerback Greg Stroman was signed to the active roster, and cornerback Christian Matthew was promoted from practice squad. So they called up two cornerbacks. Help at cornerback with Jalen Johnson doubtful and Kyler Gordon questionable. Imagine if both Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon are out in this game, along with Lucas Patrick at center. Um, I don't want the Packers thinking this, but I'm I'm starting to like that uh, the the chances of uh, of Green Bay taking care of business getting into playoffs tomorrow. Man, what do you think? Uh, I like the uh, the <laughs> I like the vibe certainly. Right, backup center. Um, if anything, we talked about Sugar in earlier today. 
now we definitely need some sugar on defense because right. if you can confuse that that center, you know, and confuse their protection assignments, things like that, uh, you know, we can get botch snaps, we can get false starts, lots of things. Um, so uh, we got to take advantage of that. You know, you can say a lot of things about, you know, Lucas Patrick or whatever, but, you know, I mean, the guy's a veteran player at this point. So, you know, it's almost like we say about our own center, right? You know, Josh Myers may not be, you know, the greatest center in the NFL, but certainly uh, one of our more experienced guys on the offensive line at this point. And, uh, you know, we would be in big trouble without him. So I, I can relate. And uh, knowing, knowing that as Packer fans, we know how big this is for us on the other side of the ball. So, you know, I look for our, for uh, Joe Barry and the boys on defense to uh, do everything they can to exploit that, you know, in this game. I think that's very important. Definitely. And, you know, we, we kind of talked about the fire zone blitzing and uh, <clears throat> the way they like to run that three deep, three underneath with a five-man rush and get creative with it. Um, you know, imagine the stunts that we did last week, that double wide TE stunt that we did and the center having to hold up at the point of attack on whichever side of the line that they they want to line up their one tech and, and really kind of try to get the guard and the center to really start peeking at that one tech. Both of them peeking in the same direction will free up a, a free rush lane there for sure. So yep. it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. And I know Blake Barry in the chat says Doug Kramer is a former Alana Center playing for the Bears, I believe. That's all I got. I think that's all anybody's got, Blake, to be honest with you, man. Never heard of a guy, to be honest. So uh, we got uh, Jerry Wass Corbley. Thank you for the super chat. We appreciate you. She says, do we need to be worried about messing up the, quote, the chemistry with possibly rusty players coming in like Musgrave? I think absolutely. Jerry, look at Tim shaking his head no, and I'm going yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to get your take on it for sure, Tim. That's that's what we're looking for right there. We're going to start being like ESPN and really uh, fabricate this stuff to where we disagree on everything. But <laughs> no. So um, it's like the cornerback position. I was I was a little concerned about that. I know Mark Tauscher was concerned about that. Ja came back. Things got a little bit crazy. It wasn't just Ja. It was Savage coming back, too. You kind of threw a whole wrench and everything. Stokes comes back. He just didn't pan out, right? Um, I can see it being a little bit of that with Musgrave as well. The question is, like, how difficult is the play calling going to be for Musgrave, right? What are they going to ask him to do? As far as the chemistry, I would be more concerned about that than, than just the uh, the play calling itself and how he's going to fit in. You just – I don't want to see him take Tucker off the field. I want Tucker Craft to be tied in one and let's rotate Luke Musgrave in and out as tied in two. And, you know, if if Tucker needs a breather and Musgrave becomes tied in one, great. But what Tucker's done has been phenomenal. Zero drops. I think he's got – right now I think he does have the highest receiver rating on the entire team. That includes the wide receivers, if I remember correctly. And the thought of bringing Musgrave in – and listen, Musgrave, Musgrave was looking good. I was excited about Musgrave. But there were times, too, that he looked uncomfortable. You know, I mean, it's a big transition from college to the pros. Tucker just doesn't look uncomfortable, man. He looks like he can handle it. He can handle it all. But, Tim Lee, get your take on it, man. You're not worried about the chemistry at all, right? No, and I'm and I'm basing that off of kind of what you said. It's, you know, Musgrave is not going to come in here and play 60 snaps. It's just I don't believe that's going right. to happen. And I don't think that's enough to screw up any kind of chemistry. And I, I personally believe that, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, that unit through and through, that – that is chemistry right there. I mean, we've been plugging and playing 
all year long. Uh, guys banged up, coming off and on, injured reserve, you know, missing games. You know, this is a little different than like you had said about Ja coming back or Savage coming back. Some of these guys where you can kind of throw off the chemistry defensively. I think when it comes to our offense, I do see Musgrave contributing and I and I don't see him taking number one reps uh, very often uh, in this matchup. I think he's there um, because he's worked hard to get back. Um, the guy's a gamer. Uh, he's earned it for sure, because he was really hitting his stride before the, before the kidney injury. So I don't, I really don't. And I don't think it's going to hurt the chemistry. If anything, I might argue it would help. I I would think that maybe uh, the guys are a little fired up knowing that, uh, you know, the loopness monster there is uh, back in the fold here in the lineup. So, um, you know, yeah, I kind of disagree, but it's basically rooted in your, your point. You know, that's kind of where my my point of view is coming from, is that I think they're going to utilize him more in a supportive role uh, in this offense. And uh, I don't think it'll throw us out of whack too much. Good stuff, man. Hey, you've given me more confidence for sure. And Jerry, thank you so much for the super chat. You always are always such a blessing to the pod. We really appreciate you supporting us for sure. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Down in the chat, say get Wafi on the pod. You know, I told Mandy we should we should go live one time and just have her sitting in the chair and everybody be like, "Who the heck's that?" You know, randomly <laughs> have it go live. But uh, no, nah, I can't I can't let that happen because I'm telling you, man. Like everything else, anyone else that I meet in my life, everyone absolutely falls in love with Mandy, and they just shove me to the side. So I'll never get the pod back if she hosts one time. I promise you that. Uh, let's see, Drew D in the chat says, "Does Field set the protection or was Patrick?" No way of really knowing, Drew. Um, sometimes when you're barking out. Barking out calls, barking out signals, it's not necessarily setting the protection as much as it is, hey, look out for this, look out for that. Um, I would imagine that Justin Fields is setting the protection. I mean, he's been a starter now for three years. A little bit different from Love stepping in. And, and you know, early on, if I remember correctly, Matt LaFleur saying, look, we want to take as much off his plate as possible as he kind of eases into this role. And it was like a third of the way through the season we started noticing Jordan overriding Myers and setting the protection, which was really cool. So um, if I had to guess, Drew, I would say it's Fields, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Nonetheless, though, that center is absolutely huge for the offensive line. Like I said, it's the second most important position, I think, um, on the offensive line. It's the third most important position on the offensive side of the ball. You know, that center's got to get that that call. You know, that's kind of what I was alluding to, you know, regardless of who's setting the protections. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it is is their QB1. You know, but if you're if you're, you know, second string center or backup center here, recent call up, you know, if he's not getting that message or he's getting the message, but it's too late, you know, that's that's something we need to be able to exploit, you know. And uh, like I said, I believe it comes from a little deception here defensively against this team. Yeah, for real. All right, let's see here. What else we got? United Bates says ESPN pre-planned disagreements. That disagreements that was genuine. LOL. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how they do it, man. I would be miserable trying to do something like that. Just completely. Hey, I know you don't feel this way, but you need to go out there and act like you feel this way, Tim. I would lose my mind, man. I'm just. I can't. I'm too much of a logistician. Everything yeah, has got to be cut and dry with me. We can agree to disagree. That's totally cool. But the thought of, hey, just just pretend like you don't believe that right now. That's one of the reasons why I have such an issue with people grandstanding uh, in the political realm right now. It's like, you know, you you know, you don't believe that. 
and you're just on here trying to get some clicks and getting some attaboys and pats on the back. It, it just cracks yep. me up. But Blake Berry in the chat says, poor Ben Sims having Musgrave cut into his snaps, laughing emoji. You know, that's the thing. I think he will cut into his snaps. You're exactly right, Blake. But Ben Sims has played pretty good too, Tim. Like, I mean, that's something that we – we really need to take into consideration as well, especially moving into the offseason. I'm not sure exactly what their options are as far as re-signing him or what have you, but I'm going to pull this up real quick just to get a quick reminder. Yeah, 61.4, so he's right there where Crafty is. Granted, it's a lot less snaps, but just kind of shows you. He's grading out borderline just as good as any other, you know, uh, starting tight end on the bottom half of the league, right? Um, so I think uh, I think they did a good job finding him. I remember Jacob being excited about them signing him because of the measurables. I'm going, Jacob, what are you getting? We don't know enough about this guy. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. He was right, man. Dude's uh, dude's been able to step in really nice for uh, for Luke Musgrave with him being out for sure. So um, I don't know, man. Goody Goody just does so good with some of those guys he picks up off the scrap heap. Uh, Drew D says Musgrave still has more receiving yards than Kraft. You can't be scared to get your best guys into the lineup. Um, yeah, I think I'm looking at Drew more from an efficiency standpoint. Uh, you know, Musgrave, Musgrave was shaky. You know, there were several routes. Granted, the accuracy was off too, but there were several routes he'd catch the ball and, and was stumbling coming out of the break. Um, that worries me a little bit. Kraft just looks Kraft's like a a four wheel drive. Tim, he's going to be under control, catch the ball, run over a few people. Musgrave is like a Ferrari. Boy, you can get that thing to 110 like that, but. You get it sideways, he's going down. It just it kind of feels like that, right? So, um, yeah, the, the other thing, too, we need to hit on, and I'll, I'll get to it. Matter of fact, we'll just hit it right now since we're we're kind of talking about it. This was really exciting for me, if I could find it here. Bang. Luke Musgrave is only 22 yards. This came in from at Wendell FP on Twitter. Said Luke Musgrave is 22 yards away from Bubba Franks, who holds the Packers receiving yardage record among tight ends. He's been activated from IR and we'll have a chance to break it. So all we need is 23 yards, Tim, and Luke Musgrave. Another another record goes down, individual record for the Packers will go yeah, down. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the over. Take the over? Yeah, you think so? <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah, that could happen on one play, man. Yeah, imagine if he just gets like four snaps and still breaks it. You know what I'm saying? That would yep. be absolutely awesome. So good stuff there. Um, I, I'm excited about Musgrave. You guys know I was a big fan before he got hurt. I'm just – over the freaking moon with uh, Tucker Craft, though, man. I really am. Uh, Chewy underscore GB underscore dad said, I got the whole neighborhood in Jonesboro, Tennessee, rooting for Green Bay tomorrow, at least all the women. JK, JK, JK. <laughs> yeah. So he's here close to uh, close to Jonesboro where I'm at. We need to hook up sometime for sure, man. That's awesome. Um, there's a lot of Packer fans in the area. You'd be surprised. There used to be a Packer meetup down at Beef, uh, Beef O'Brady's in Boone's Creek. Um, and uh, it was really cool. And then about the time that I started kind of going and looking for them, they stopped, stopped meeting up. So I'm not sure what happened there. We need to get that going again. Definitely. Uh, let's see. Donald in the chat said, I don't really follow the bears as Johnson, their number one corner. He's not just their number one corner. Donald, as of right now, he's grading out as the number one corner in the entire national football league, according to PFF. So it's a huge, huge hit on that defense for sure. You know, you talk about the interceptions and, and not digging too deep into the tape for the bears. Kind of makes you think good chance that they were trying to go away from him and they were rolling coverage in the opposite direction, kind of putting him on an island. And, and that's how they were forced some more interceptions that they've gotten here lately. That just, you know, <clears throat> I don't have any specific plays to back that up. That's just the first thing that comes to mind for me. 
for sure. So, yeah, um, bleeding green and gold talking about the important stuff. I know Tim did too. He said, I married up too, Clayton. That's right. <laughs> That's Remember, right. Daryl Thompson said that right here on the pod. He said, That's the secret to life, man. Marry up, just marry up, guys. <laughs> Put all your focus in the marrying up. Yeah, check this out, John Schmidt. I was wondering about this, John. I'm glad you mentioned it, Buck. He said, Craft only 17 yards behind Musgrave. So, what if we had two? Rookie tight ends both pass Bubba Franks. Tim, bro. Hey, we already had a rookie receiver pass Sterling Sharp, man. Well, I'm so saying anything's like, possible. How cool anything's would that possible. be if they both did it? That's awesome. Now that would obviously take. I'm not a smart man, but I think that's 39 yards. So he would need 40. Kraft would need 40. Musgrave would need 23, and they both pass Bubba. That'd be really cool, man. Wow. Sure. All right, let's see here. Look, I love it. I love it when the when the message from Blake starts off, Clayton and Tim, not that I'm looking ahead at all, <laughs> but <laughs> who would you rather play in the wild card, Lions or Cowboys? Um, I don't want to answer this question because I don't want to be accused of looking ahead, but honestly, I'm okay with either. Um, you know, I, my mindset, and maybe it's a boring opinion. It's like nobody expected us to be in the playoffs this year. So the fact that we're getting a chance to, to, to play for, you know, to play tomorrow to keep our season alive and go into the playoffs and potentially upset someone, just getting the opportunity with the youngest team in the league is absolutely awesome to me, man. Um, great, great answer. If I had to pick one, now we, can, we can pick one on the post game tomorrow. <laughs> hey, there you go. Let's do that. Let's do that. Like, there's listen. There's pros and cons to both. The Cowboys. Let me just do this. I won't say who I would rather play, but I'll just kind of give you on the surface how I see both teams. The Cowboys are very explosive. The lines are gritty, right? Yep. Um, now, the Cowboys will turn the ball over a lot. And uh, the lines, you know, we took care of on Thanksgiving. So it's like I can see pros and cons for both and teams. Like, like you said, it's hard to beat, um, you know, a divisional rival three times yeah. in this, in this, or more than once, really. Right. Yeah. A lot of the times it's you see times that we split, we split mm-hmm. most of the matchups. And, uh, yeah, so – and then, of course – the Cowboys, you know, they don't have tape on us this year, you know, not directly. Um, we haven't had that matchup, so. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Guess that's yeah. how we look at it. But yeah, I, I would uh, hold off until post-game show tomorrow before we... Uh... <laughs> I do believe, though, we would need the sixth seed to go into Detroit. So we'll uh, we'll leave all that speculation for after we get this dub tomorrow. Yeah, just got to go out and take care of business. Uh, Jerry Wascorbley with the super chat again. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate you. She said a big thanks for for your content all season. Did you see the new video from at That's Good Sports about the rise of Jordan Love? It's brilliant. A must see. We need to go check that one out, guys. Um, someone message me on Twitter if you're sitting there on your phone and just say, hey, reminder. So it'll be unopened when I pick my phone up. I want to go check that out for sure. Um, but yeah, we we appreciate you hanging out with us all all season long, Jerry. It's been fun. It's been a blast. Uh, you know, did I think we would do one show, average a show a day? No way. If you'd have told me, hey, you're going to do two shows a day for the majority of the season, I'd have been like, you are smoking something. You are, <laughs> you know, but here we are. It's been a blast, man. It hasn't felt like work at all. It's been a little bit stressful trying to find the time to do it. But as far as the time on the pod itself, man, it's flew by. Every episode we look up and go, crap, it's right an hour. So. We've absolutely loved it for sure. But Jerry, thank you for the support. Thank you for the kind words. We really appreciate that. Um, absolutely. All right, let's do this. Let's play a quick video. This came from uh, my man, the GOAT, Greg Cosell, um, on their podcast. And you guys know how I feel about Greg Cosell. I refer to him as my head scout. And what I mean by that is when I put my draft board together, I've got like four or five different sources I pull from and I build my initial draft board. And then what I do is I literally listen to every single piece of content, every write-up that I can find from Greg Cosell and say, okay, if it's a positive around that player and it's a significant positive, they get bonus points on my draft board. So it's like we put the draft board together with all the information and then I'm consulting with Greg Cosell on, okay, how good is this guy? That's how I was kind of high on Dontavian Wicks because he had a lot of good things to say about Dontavian Wicks. And when they drafted him, I had already forgotten about him to a certain extent. When I went back through my notes, I went, holy cow, look at this. Greg Cosell was all over Dontavian Wicks. This is exciting. So uh, he's just he's been with NFL Films since the 70s. You can find him on NFL Matchup. How in the heck they've got that on in the middle of the night on ESPN is beyond me. It's better than 99% of the programming they put on ESPN during the day. But it's basically him and, and Darius Butler, former pro bowler, was drafted by the New England Patriots. And they just get in there and break down film and do it in a nice little TV segment. You know, they'll show uh, the, the previous week's matchups. They'll show this week's matchups and actually go X's and O's and tell you what's going on. But he had a little thing here with I think it's Doug Ferrar, if I remember correctly, is, is how you pronounce his name. 
but they do a little breakdown of Jordan Love here, and this is uh, really cool. There are few and far between of Greg Cosell talking about the Packers. Um, so when we when we see one come down the wire, we got to try to play it. But here's Greg Cosell again, um, and we'll get the name of the, the the exact name of the podcast here before we wrap up and make sure we give them credit and get you guys to go subscribe to. I'm telling you, anything Greg Cosell does, man, it's absolutely phenomenal. Here we go. See, to me, that's not a bold statement, Doug. No. You know, uh, I, I'm watching tape. I mean, it's not a bold statement at all. He is People who may in. not have been watching the Packers for whatever reason, like, Jordan Love, what? That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, he's settled in. And by the way, he is an aggressive mindset thrower. So he oh, is yeah. still going to make some throws. You know, he might throw a bad pick and then people say, oh, see, he's not great. You know, he's he's an aggressive thrower, which, by right. the way, I believe you have to be in the NFL if you want to be a higher level quarterback. So, you know, he'll he'll do that. Maybe he'll do it this week. I, I don't know the answer to that. But but, you know, he's clearly a more comfortable player. He's a high level traits guy, Doug. I mean, He's close to being, you know, in in that high tier of traits quarterbacks. You know, maybe he's not Josh Allen. Maybe he's not Patrick Mahomes. You know, I, I certainly don't think he throws it quite like Matthew Stafford, but he's close to high-level traits. So people need to understand how talented this kid is. Um, but anyway, getting to that play, it was it ended the third possession. It was the 33-yard touchdown to yep. Jaden Reed on second and 10, okay? Yep. And it came out of 11 two by two. And the Vikings were in what they, they're always in, four, two, five, big nickel. I mean, mm-hmm. that's basically their, their foundation defense because Metellus plays literally on every snap. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Vikings showed single high safety pre-snap and then went late rota- rotation to cover two, and it was invert cover two to the field, meaning that the corner became the deep half player. Mekhi Blackman dropped out to be the, yeah. Right. I can't tell you how excited I am to hear him say invert cover two because if you guys go back and watch the chalk talk segment, that's exactly what I referred to it as. And I was a little hesitant going, I think that's referred to as invert cover two. When the corner drops deep and the safety's in the box, they kind of exchange. But uh, when I heard him say it, I went, hell yes, we got it. (laughs) Um, Hicks was the middle hole defender, and he opened to the field – behind what we call a zone exchange pressure because Smith was the fourth rusher off the boundary edge and the DN zone exchange pressure. You'll hear, hear me refer to it as fire zone blitz. Jones dropped as an underneath hook defender. So they they the safety was the fourth rusher. So it wasn't a four D line rush. The safety was the fourth rusher, but it was still a four man rush. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you do this because, you're hoping that the quarterback doesn't read it because there's a lot of moving parts right at the snap. And you have about half a second to, to see what's going on. Love read the rotation immediately and he yep. threw a strike to read from the slot to the field running the seam. I mean, that was a big time read and throw. And, you know, it was a comfortable play. You could tell he was not hurried. He was not frenetic. He saw it. He knew where to go with the football and the throw itself was big time. Love it. Again, we broke that play down on Chalk Talk, and uh, love hearing Greg Cosell talk about it. it if, if it wasn't a big-time throw, Greg Cosell would say, hey, look, that's a throw that every quarterback in the NFL should make. He didn't say that. He was like, that's a big-time throw, reading recognition, reading the invert to knowing it's Tampa. He didn't mention Tampa, but you could see the backer was like 15 yards down the seam trying to cover the seam. And that is uh, what we refer to as Tampa, too. So um, 
Tampa two invert ended up being the call on my sheet, but man, Greg is just, uh, he's absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. I don't like this look right here, Doug, but I'm going to read it anyway. Greg looks like his dad. Ferrara looks like a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> always dogging people's looks man how you how you look shaming in here doug you see i laughed about it and i seen tim didn't like it so i straightened up real quick like, man, what's wrong with you guys grow up what are you I'm looking at i'm looking at afam's comment that's what's got me all distraught over here uh -oh, what did afam say let's see what afam said oh uh, we talking about joe barry sure are all right let's hit it joe barry's defense gonna fold up against fields like a table in buffalo you're that's a, exactly you sure about that. <laughs> Let me ask you this, AFAM. I want you to hit me up in the chat, Bob. What what does that mean exactly? Because it's a very vague statement, you know. Like, are you saying they'll give up? Just give me points. You ain't got to get, you know, too uh, too detailed. But just give me how many points are they going to give up? That's what I need to know. Um, but we're going to get into this now. Um, we're going to get into. We already talked about the record. Let's talk about the power rankings according to the thirty third team, Tim. So, if you guys are looking for a mattress, uh, best mattress, buy under $800 right there. Make sure you hit that link. It cracks me up. I'm looking at it like, man, y'all put those in the worst place. Like, what? Why can't Why can't that be off to the side? Man? I'll give you a public service announcement. Do not spend less than $800 on your mattress. <laughs> Always spend good money on your shoes or your bed, because if you ain't on one, you're on the other. And you know what? Look at this. Chad... Chad jumped on and said, you know what? Since they're giving mattress advice, I'm going to be a YouTube member. So we appreciate you, Chad. Thanks for jumping on. He said, that's the content I came for. Actually, he probably topped that in and chose join right before we talked about the mattress. Now he's trying to get a refund right now. <laughs> now, Chad, we'll get you entered into the contest tomorrow. We're going to be giving away an autographed David Bakhtiari jersey. Um, it's the home Beckett-style green jersey. And uh, we're going to give it away. We're going to spin the wheel, put everybody's name on it tomorrow during the postgame show. Spin the wheel and give that away to uh, one of our lucky YouTube members. So if you guys are interested in joining the PTA Posse, just go to our homepage on YouTube, click join, and that'll get you entered into that contest. Just make sure you get it done before midnight tonight because I'm going to try to put that list together uh, early tomorrow morning. So there's a chance if you wait, you won't actually be entered into the contest so midnight tonight is technically the cutoff although some people sneak in at like 2 or 3 a.m so but again chad thank you so much buddy we appreciate you anyway back to the mattress so um so when you look at the power rankings according to the 33rd team the green bay packers are coming in 16th their previous rank was 22nd okay so obviously they beat the vikings 33 to 10 and this is a little write-up, it says. The, the Green Bay Packers have had a roller coaster of a season. Well, that's an understatement. In recent weeks, they knocked off the Lions and the Chiefs before losing to the Giants and the Buccaneers. Then the Panthers, who have a bottom-five offense, took them to the brink in a 33-30 to shootout. AFAM's in the chat going, yes, yeah, C. Clayton, 30 points. You kidding me? Green Bay's destruction of Minnesota in front of a national audience was encouraging, but the Vikings' decision to start Jaron Hall was a late Christmas present for Green Bay. Regardless, the Packers have scored 66 points in their past two games. 66 points in the last two games. Jordan Love also has a shot to finish the season with the most touchdown passes in the league. If the season ended today, the Packers would make the playoffs. Rival Chicago stands in their way on Sunday. Now, if you'll notice, the number 17 spot, you got the Chicago Bears at 7-9. and nine. Previous rank was 19th, so they climbed two spots, and it looks like we climbed, what, six spots it looked like. So the write-up on the Bears says, you know, they just recently beat the Falcons 37-17. to 17. The Chicago Bears are the definition of a dangerous spooler. 
They've had a top 10 caliber defense since week nine when they acquired Edge Montez Sweat. They've won five of their last seven games. In truth, they are two or three plays away from winning all seven with narrow losses to the Lions and Browns during that stretch. Overall, the Bears continue to improve on both sides of the ball. Does that sound familiar? Chicago could be higher on this list if it had a path to making the playoffs. So um, I thought that was cool, man. I was like, yeah, where are the Green Bay Packers ranked right now according to the 33rd team? And then when I pulled it up, I went, damn, there's the Bears right behind them. Shows you just how evenly matched this game could be. I know some some people are hearing that going, Clayton, I'm hearing all kinds of other podcasters say that the, the Bears are hot garbage. I'm just telling you, man, I, I think they've improved tremendously. But anything you disagree with there on those write-ups, uh, other than the mattress, for sure, of course, there, Tim. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I think it just, you know, really proves that, uh, you know, these the scheduling committee knows what the what the heck they're doing, man. I mean, I, it, this, is, this is what it all comes down to, right? Packers, Bears at Lambeau. You know, there's a lot of implications for both of these teams, really. You know, we're talking about, you know, our playoff uh, chances and, you know, the chance to maybe go on a run here in the postseason or at the very least make the playoffs with a young team full of rookies and second-year guys and gain that experience and build on that. And then you got the Bears on the other end of the coin that are, you know, playing for their dignity and got a quarterback playing for his future, potentially. You know, there's a lot at stake for both of these teams, really. Um, But at the end of the day... The Bears still suck. They do, man. Matter of <laughs> fact, I've got I've got confirmation of that, I believe, right here. Let me see if I can find that for you, Tim, since you, uh, since you brung it up. The Bears still suck. I like this Joe Mama in the chat, or Joe Momo. What, what, that's Joe Momo, I guess, isn't it? Okay, Joe Momo, yeah. <laughs> yeah Joe Momo. Said, hey, Clayton and Tim, love the morning show from yesterday. Hey, appreciate you watching, Joe Momo. Um, yeah, we, uh, we have a lot of fun with good morning. Good morning, Lambo. I thought for sure Tim was a morning person. I find out about halfway through the season doing good morning, Lambo. He's like, I'm becoming a morning person. I was like, I thought you were. So the fact that he was muscling through all <laughs> season long really says a lot about you, Tim, but I am. And I, I'm, I'm that guy that wakes up at six o'clock, like, man, let's get this day going. But usually by seven o'clock in the evening, I'm pissed off. I didn't get more done and I'm, I'm honoring and ready to go to bed. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, appreciate you uh, tuning in to Good Morning Lambo there. I'm getting a lot of good feedback about Good Morning Lambo. I didn't know how it would be, you know, kind of uh, embraced or or denied, but uh, I think it's went really good this year. It's been a lot of fun kind of letting the chat control it for the most part. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad we, glad we move forward with that for sure. We'll continue yep. to do it. Yep. I'd like to get to the point where we're doing three shows a day, to be honest with you. Um, there's – I think that I think there's enough Packer fans that they'll watch. There'll be some that's available midday. There's some that, you know, maybe they work night shift. They wake up about noon. If you did one at two o'clock in the afternoon, you'd probably get viewers. So um, we may try to do that on down the road. We got got big plans in store. We just got to get everything kind of fine tuned, getting a couple more advertisement offers, stuff like that. So just trying to make sure that we don't do anything to hinder the program, but uh, continue to move it forward. But I do want to say special thanks to BetUS for becoming the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. If you guys want to support the stream and do it in a way that costs zero dollars, you can click on the link in the description of this video. That'll send you directly to BetUS. And by using that link, if you register as a customer, it will tell them that Packers Total Access Live sent you to them, and that'll put us in better standing with them. Like we pointed out all week, the, uh, the line was sitting at three points. I'm eager to see if that might have changed a bit. I know BetUS had it at three as well. The Packers were three-point favorites. That might shift a little bit, seeing the injury designation there with Jalen Johnson 
and uh, and all that. You know, you guys know I also said I kind of felt good about the under. I'm still feeling pretty good about the under, to be honest with you. I personally think Joe Barry's defense is going to show up. I think we played them well the first time. It's just if people play schematically sound, we're going to be just fine. If we blow coverages like we did earlier in the season or down that stretch there in the second half, I should say, um, it could be a long day for the Packers defense. But it's going to come down to the offense uh, establishing dominance early, making the Bears play from behind and throw the football, which we know that's definitely Justin Fields' weakness. But, again, that's BetUS, America's favorite sports book for the last 30 years, established in 1994. They are the official sports book of Packers Total Access. Appreciate them supporting us. So, Tim, something else I wanted to hit on, man. Let's go to the 33rd team analytics here a bit. You guys, you hear us talk about points, and this is driven by uh, SIS data, obviously. They give every play is graded on a point scale. And then up to this point in the season, what you've got is the players on the team who have the most points, okay? And I just wanted to kind of touch on it really, really quick, just the Packers overview. In overall points per game, the Packers are averaging 44 points per game, total points per game, not scoreboard points, guys, points according to SIS. So these are the players that that's kind of showing you, okay, here's how well the players have performed, okay? 44 points per game, that's 12th best in the league. Um, on offense, they're averaging 22 points, total points per game, and that makes them the 10th highest offense in SIS total points per game, okay? On defense, they're 18th at 21 points per game, which you guys know we've kind of talked about that. The scoring defense most of the year would suggest they were a top 10 defense. The other metrics down toward the bottom kind of put them right there in the middle of the pack. I always said they're somewhere between 12 and 15 as a defense is kind of where I've seen them at. And then when they started creeping up in the top five in points per game, I'm going, maybe I'm underselling them a bit. As soon as I said that, they fell flat on their face. So let's hope they continue to rebound. And the special teams, they're 19th, averaging one total point per game, okay? So just to kind of give you a, a, a little bit of perspective there, according to SIS and the 33rd team, overall 12th best team in the in the league, offensively 10th best, defensively 18th best, special teams 19th, okay? Now when you talk about the team leaders as far as total points, okay? Total points, Jordan Love is uh, is the, the team leader on offense, uh, one of the team leaders on offense. Let's see here. He's got 97 points, okay? He's 11th of 40 uh, quarterbacks, to the best of my knowledge, okay? So he leads in that regard there. At tackle, Zach Tom is third of 80 with 36 points, total points. Rashawn Gary, 19th of 120 with 32 total points. I know people are trying to dog on Gary all of a sudden and act like he's an absolute, you know, bust or whatever. That shows you the season he's had. Like he he has been in a slump here lately, and he's still right toward the top of the league in total points and the impact he has on the game. Elton Jenkins is 12th of 90 at 31 total points. Now, you take Elton Jenkins and go, man, okay, he's having a decent season. Look at the PFF grade, though. It would suggest he's having a down year. So I kind of feel like the truth is right there somewhere in the middle. When you look at Jordan Love, he's grading out around 15th. In total points, he's 11th, probably somewhere in that 12 to 13 range, right? Zach Tom, we talked about he's been a top five right tackle all year long, according to PFF. Here it's showing third. It all checks out. Zach Tom's an absolute stud. Same thing with Rashawn Gary, in my opinion. But pretty cool there, Tim. Do you agree with that? And then kind of how it out? I, I think oh, yeah. that's when you look at that from a from a performance perspective, you look at that and go, that's probably your team leaders right there, man. Oh, yeah, I think so, for sure. I mean, I don't have much to add. I do, I agree. Mm -hmm. Good deal, good deal. Let's see here. Offensively, I want to get into this. I'm going to go big screen so my old rear end can read this. So, 
I wanted to talk about team statistics and where do they rank compared to previous years? It's easy to kind of get lost in the fog of battle, right? Like you're the smoke of battle, the season's going on. You have one or two bad games. All of a sudden, everybody creates this narrative around they're absolutely horrible or they're way better than they actually are. So let's compare it across the board here. Compared to last year, now granted, we're, we're, we still got one game to go, but just to kind of give you guys an idea of where they're at, okay? Offensively, points, 366 points this year. Last year, we finished at 370. I think we all would agree that we could probably score more than four points against the Bears. Let's hope so. If that's the case, then we will pass 2022 up with scoring more points than we did last year. And when you go to overall yards, last year in 2022, the total yards for the offense was 5,733. This year, it's 5,440. Good chance we'll pass that up as well. When you talk about yards per attempt, this is it's not a huge difference. But it's a big deal that you went from 6.1 yards per attempt to 6.3. So you slightly improved in that regard. You could tell they're pushing the ball down the field a little bit more than we did last year. Total passing yards, 36.20, I think, is the number. See, there maybe it's 38.20. It's kind of hard to read. But this year we're at 36.59. So you're seeing these numbers pretty on par. Now, people are going, man, Jordan's just as good as Aaron. Last year Aaron had a broken thumb. Last year Aaron's receivers led the league in drops. So you got to kind of put that into perspective there, right? Um, I think that if the receivers had performed last year like they did or performed yeah, last year like they have this year, you'd probably see Aaron's numbers would have been significantly better, and especially with the, the broken thumb if it, if it hadn't, helped, hadn't happened. When you go to passing touchdowns, Jordan Love in this offense this year, 30 passing touchdowns. Last year, they only had 27, so that's an improvement. If we can come away with three passing touchdowns this game, Tim, going to be a big, big improvement from last year, jumping up, what, six? You know, let's say we finish – let's say we get two. You're going to finish with five more passing touchdowns than last year. That would be a good year. Rushing yards. This is the big difference, in my opinion. Last year, we had 2,113 rushing yards. This year, we've got 1,781. Significant drop-off in the running game, which is really that much more impressive, in my opinion, to the fact that we're in the hunt for a playoff spot here, if we can somehow, some way beat the Bears tomorrow at Lambeau, because Jordan's done it with less in a running game, significantly less in the running game, right? Now he's got better receivers like we talked about. So this is a really good exercise to kind of put everything into perspective. Um, when you go to yards per carry running the ball, only averaging 4.3 this year. Last year we averaged 4.6. Rushing touchdowns this year we got 10. Last year we finished with 12. And then turnovers this year. We've got 15. Last year, we had 18. You want to know why we had such a strong year in 2020? Only nine turnovers. Only nine turnovers in 2020. That's absolutely wild. But again, three less. I hope we don't turn the ball over one time tomorrow. That way we finish at that 15 spot, three better than last year. We've said it all year long, Tim. I mean, you look at those numbers, nine in 2020, 11 in 2021, and you're one, and, you know 12 in 2019. You're wondering why you won 13 games those seasons, right? That's it right there. Is just controlling that turnover differential. But with all those numbers there, anything you want to add, anything stick out to you, pretty on par with where we've been outside of the rushing game, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you want to see your team improving year to year, uh, especially with the youth movement. So, you know me, I'm not one who gets – I mean, the stats are great, and uh, they they help us understand our team better. But, but at the end of the day, like, I, I don't care if they miss all of these stats tomorrow and get the win. That's the one that matters the most to me. Um, 
but yeah, absolutely, man. It's, you know, I think this is accurate and, uh, you know, it's an indicator that, um, you know, you're taking steps forward and there's still areas that you want to improve in, you know? So, um, it's what happens when you're growing. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. Look forward to more growth next year. Yeah. And they should take a big leap next year, no doubt about that. For sure. Let's see your bleeding green and go said, let's just make our extra points. Take it out. Hey, I would much rather him miss the extra points and make the field goals. That's that's just me personally. Yep. So if you had to choose one, right? I'd, I'd love him to be a hundred percent, but uh, we need to do that tomorrow too. Maybe we can do that on a pregame show is kind of get an updated number on his field goal percentage because his field goal percentage was in the top 10 last time we checked. And I feel like he's gotten even better, Tim. I don't know if he's missed a field goal since we did that. He's definitely missed extra points. But um, Andres Carlson, I think he's done a, a good job, man. He's built, he's put a rookie campaign together that he can build off of for sure. I'm, I'm really excited about where we're at kicker and punter wise. And I can't say enough about Daniel Whelan. I don't know where he sits in, like I said, the, the league leaders, you know, category or whatever, but um, it just seems that I can't think of one time this year, Tim, where I go, Oh, he shanked it. Can you, can you think of no, one? No. And that's what I think makes, uh, you know, the Irishman such a good punter, man. I really do. I think, I think Whelan's got, you know, he's got a thunder leg first of all, but then you combine that with the accuracy and the touch and control that he has on some of these punts. I mean, that's, that's why we're speaking so highly of him. You know, I, I don't want to say anyone can, but it's not that amazing to see a punter blasting a football out of the stadium. It's right. more impressive when you combine that with him dropping it on the 11 yard line and watching it roll out of bounds at the three, you know, that's, that's that's incredible. You know, you want that accuracy. Um, we always talk about our boy, Pat McAfee. That was one of the things he was always able to do well um, in the special teams game, you know, is have the power and the, and the control and the technical skills uh, to put your foot on that ball. So um, really happy we got Daniel Whelan. You know, I know we were, our feathers were a little ruffled when we, uh, when we let Mr. O'Donnell walk there during camp, <laughs> but clearly we knew you know, I, very early on there that uh, Whelan was going to be the guy and made sense to just get him those reps and, you know, go go into the season with a full head of steam and uh, it's paid off. And I think, you know, when it comes to Carlson, you know, Coach Passaccia spoke a little mm -hmm. bit about this too. He said, you know, he likes what he's seeing. We just want to see that consistency, you know, and a lot of times with place kicking, man, it's, it is, it's mental, you know, your mechanics can, can be there if you're, if you're, second guessing or you're you feel like you're steering some of these kicks and aiming some of these kicks rather than just trusting it and driving through yeah you're gonna you're gonna shank an extra point every once in a while it's gonna happen um but the great ones make them when they count as we saw a few weeks ago game on the line Anders was able to go ahead and blast one through for the dub so um sky's the limit for him man I feel like our uh, our kicking game is in good hands moving forward I agree and you you said it ruffled some feathers I wouldn't say it ruffled my feathers. It scared me to death, Tim. I was like, <laughs> what are we doing here? We're going with a rookie kicker and a rookie holder slash rookie punter. 
And Goody said, calm down, you dumb redneck. I got this, man. I mean, <laughs> big improvement. The holding is what blew me away. It's like, it has not been an issue. Yeah. All year long. It's just That's phenomenal. the other thing we're not, we, you know, we got to give credit to Wheeling for, right? You know, yeah. handling these snaps and laces out the whole nine. You know, I, I, I saw a lot of these, these ones that Anders did miss this year. And, you know, it's not due to a bad hold. So, right. you know, that's, that's one good thing. You know, a lot of things, so many things can happen on a, on an extra point attempt or a field goal attempt. But then, uh, you know, when it's not your snap and it's not your hold, those are a good thing. You can correct, you know, one out of those three things. If you got all three that are going wrong, it's an uphill battle. So uh, we've got a lot to build on going forward. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's get to the controversial part. You ready for this, Tim? This is where Uh-oh. it gets good, my man. We're going to talk about defense. We're going to compare it to last year. All right, here we go. Would you, you know, I think we would all agree people think the defense is worse this year than it was last year, right? Everyone's precious DVOA suggests that this is one of the historically bad defenses in the history of not just the Packers, but the NFL. I mean, that's, that's the vibe I get from people. 2023, only 16 games in, just like the offensive stats, got one more game to play, but let's see how it stacks up. Points against, so points allowed, essentially. Last year, we gave up 371 points. This year, 341. 30 less points from last year. Now, granted, there's going to be a game played tomorrow. God forbid Chicago go out and score 30 points or more. If they do, I think we all feel good or feel comfortable saying, yep, we're probably not going to the playoffs if that happens, right? So, But just to put it into perspective, 341 points allowed this year compared to 371 last year. What about yardage? Last year, 5,723 yards. This year, 5,504 yards. Passing yards. Last year, 3,351 yards. This year, 3,398. So they've already, we've already given up more passing yards this year with one game to go. Why is that? You guys remember me talking about explosive plays against man coverage? you're giving up more explosive plays in man coverage. That's what's happening. And we're playing more man coverage this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you you play more man coverage, you're going to give up more yardage. I'm just telling you. That's not my opinion. That is historical fact that when you play man coverage, you're going to give up more explosive plays. It's just the way it is. Now, could you you shut teams down more often? Probably. You're probably going to have less long-sustained drives. I would rather give up a long-sustained drive and a field goal than a three-play touchdown, but I'm definitely in the minority with that. I don't know how, but I am, and I'm just going to agree to disagree on that. But when you go to rushing yards, I think everyone coming in coming into the night would say, oh, we gave up way more rushing yards than last year. I guarantee you people were thinking that. Last year, we gave up 2,372 rushing yards. This year, 2,106. So what is that? Roughly 260 less rushing yards this year than last year. Got a game tomorrow. Probably going to push it up there right about to the same limit. But let's say all of these tied across the board. If you were to go on Twitter this year, you would think this defense completely flopped. And it was way worse than it was last year. And it's just not the case. Yards per attempt last year in the running game, 6.5. This year, only 6.2. So your yards per attempt has gotten three-tenths of a yard better this year. Um, yard, I'm sorry, yards per attempt. Yeah, yards per attempt. Yards per carry. So that was yards per attempt. Yards per carry is even better. 
Last year, you only gave up – you gave up five yards per carry. This year, you're giving up 4.5. So you're giving up a half a yard less per carry this year in the running game. We have played the run better this year than we did last year. We actually yep. played the run better this year, better than we did last year and the year before. And we tied for the year before that. And we're better than we were the year before that. And yards per carry holds a little more weight than obviously total yards because when you get back to 2020, they only played 16 games. But Careful. It sounds like you're saying Joe Barry's D is getting better year by year by year. Be careful. I'm I'm saying I still want to change, but <laughs> we have got to stop pretending like this is one of the historically bad defenses just because someone finds some kind of, uh, you know, advanced metric tells the exact story that they wanted to tell, which is the story in which they can continue to hashtag fire Joe Barry, which yep. to me is just, it's, it's annoying to this point. It's like, yeah, that's, that's real original. Everybody clap for him. He said, fire Joe Barry. I got you. Okay. <laughs> Mind boggling. But again, a half a yard less we're giving up this year per carry than last year. Sacks, sacks. Last year we had 34 sacks. This year, we've got 40 with one game to go. We've got six more sacks this year than we had last year with one game to go. So he's put together a better pass rush this year. He's stopped the run better this year. Um, he's given up a few more passing yards, which it's why I've been pulling my hair out with all the man coverage. If you had stuck to zone, you'd probably be giving up maybe another two-tenths of a yard per carry, but that passing yards would be significantly down. I personally think you beat the Giants if you're not playing man coverage there, but that's just me. I'm okay with playing a hybrid. I got you. But this whole let's play majority man and just blitz the crap out of, out of the quarterback, is it's going to get you hurt. Uh, but, again, six more sacks this year than last year. Pressures. Last year we had 194 pressures. This year, 211 with one game to go. Absolutely torched the pressure number. And to me, you guys, you know how I, I, sacks will come with pressures. But if you're saying can you have – would you rather have 10 pressures in a game and, and, uh, and you know, two sacks, or would you rather have five pressures and three sacks? I'm going with the, the 10 and two, me personally, because you're affecting the game. You're affecting, you're affecting the quarterback's play, play in and play out. We know pressures lead to picks, and good coverage leads to sacks. So that's the other thing, too. Even with the coverage being as bad as it is and grading out so bad and everyone underperforming and blowing coverages, you're still hitting home with six more sacks on the year. It's just wild to me. So the pressure game's been up. Here's the number that hurts, though. Turnovers. In 2021, you had 24 turnovers that you forced on defense. In 2022, you had 24 turnovers that you forced in defense. Why do you think that is, guys? Because you were playing more zone coverage. That leads to more turnovers. This yeah. year, you've only got 17. Why is that? Because we're playing more man coverage than we have in, in the recent past. So those numbers, I was not surprised by those numbers whatsoever. But as I was reading them off earlier, I'm like, I got to read that on the show just to try to put things into perspective of we're giving up 30. We've given up 30 less points from last year. Granted, we got a game to go. We've given up 200 and whatever it is, 19 less yards this year. We got a game to go. Passing yards, we're giving up more passing yards this year than we did last year. We're giving up significantly less rushing yards. You see it in the yards per attempt, the yards per carry. We're getting more pressure on the quarterback this year. The problem is we haven't got the turnovers. And I know I've seen at least five dropped interceptions this year, at least five. There's probably more, but I'm trying to stay on the conservative side there. So if you were to add those five in that got dropped, 
you're sitting there at 22 as opposed to 24 going into the last week of the season in the turnovers would be uh, right there on the mark. Tim, what do you think about those numbers, dude? Is is that how you remember the season playing out? Because I think a lot of people would probably hear that. I imagine if they were honest, they would hear that and go, man, I thought it was worse than that. Yeah, no, and being honestly, you know, myself here, yeah, I didn't – I can see that because, you know, as fans, our heart is in it. And when you watch a game, you see things – from that perspective. Um, and you know, a lot of fans don't rewatch games as often as maybe you and I do, or some of these other guys on, on their podcast do that take the time to break down film and look at what's going on out there. So, you know, and it's not a knock fan, how you want a fan, you know, I, I understand, but I do feel like a lot of times people get caught up in narrative and caught up in their feels. And, uh, you know, they don't want to acknowledge facts, you know, and, that's why I said, you know, I'm not a big stat guy, but stats are great because, uh, you know, kind of gives you that perspective, kind of brings you back down to earth when you really look at the facts. And the facts are there has been improvement in our defense. And yeah. uh, for as much uh, heat as Joe Barry takes, uh, as much heat as this defense takes for, quote unquote, costing us games, this defense has kept our butts in games this year. And a lot of those games that that we should have won, that we lost, was not due to our defense. And we can go back week by week if we want and pull the tape. Uh, I mean, you know, a, a few of them come to mind, Atlanta being one of them. Uh, is, you know, Pittsburgh being another game that we should have won. Um, but... You know, I, I understand that it can it can look that way. You can get that vibe because you're caught in the moment and uh, we tend to look at things from um, what's the term, you know, like a bird's eye view, looking down and kind of seeing everything and not getting caught into the specifics. But when you look at the specifics, you do. You, you can't deny that there is improvement. So, um, you know, I just I like uh, taking the time to look at stuff like this. This is really cool. Yeah, Eric Sutherland. I love the profile pick, by the way, man. That hat keeps getting bigger on Jordan Love. I love it. Uh, he said, I like, like I said, I don't blame Barry. I blame the owners. So uh, we're all at fault. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Chad in the chat says, uh, in the zone, they in zone they primarily facing the quarterback and see the ball coming. Man, you tend to have your back to them. Bingo, Chad. It's exactly what happens, man. I, I don't, I don't understand the love fest for man coverage. Um, if you're playing a bullseye coverage like Belichick does, I get it because you're saying, okay. We're gonna double team. We're gonna we're gonna double team their number one and put our number one corner on their number two. I really like that approach as long as you can still meet your run fits. But uh, yeah, this whole thing like oh that's all we heard last year and you haven't heard a peep of it this year. It was just why aren't we playing man coverage? Put John their number one receiver. This is stupid playing. Why aren't we playing press man? Yeah, what I, yeah. Like, do you want a seventy nine yard touchdown up the sideline, man? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there was people early in the season saying I would rather have a quick scoring touchdown than them bleed us dry for three points. And I'm like, I'll never understand that <laughs> logic ever. I heard that. And it wasn't like one person, Tim. It was like multiple people going, yeah, I'm so sick of these long drives. I'm like, what? We're supposed long to Long drive ending in three points as opposed to a fast one ending at seven? Do I like the long sustained drives? No, I don't like them. But if you're making me choose between the two, I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm going with the three every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It just makes no sense, man. 
Um, let's see, Mike in the chat said, man coverage, zone coverage, no coverage. The last three years of the defense is not good enough. If you want a top 10 defense, you're right, Mike. It's not good enough, buddy. It's not. Um, that's where I think we can make an improvement. I think you go out and you try to pluck someone from Baltimore staff if it's at all possible. Going to be some other bidders, I believe. Yeah. I just, please, God, don't don't bring me Jim Leonard, please. I think that's where we're in agreement, Mike Hebring. The defense yeah. is not good enough. I don't think you're going to get an argument out of me or Clayton on that at all. Absolutely. Right? I mean, right? No, not yeah, good. you're right. You're right. Not you're good, good enough. Not good enough. So it, I, I it, wasn't good enough. it wasn't good enough for many of those Packer teams, right? We've seen it yeah. over and over and over. But the year that they won the Super Bowl, they had one of the top defenses. You get yeah. you crack into that top ten, and you got a quarterback that protects the football and can hit explosive plays. You got a chance to win the whole damn thing. Yeah. Um, you know when you when you got a defense that's, you know, a quarter of the season, a third of the season is a top five defense in scoring, and then they drop all the way down to twenty first. They settle in at sixteenth. It's going to be a very, very volatile season. Now, we're getting to the point, though, where what if they start playing well? This has nothing to do with Joe Barry. If this defense continues to build off what they did against Minnesota and we look up and they're giving up 15 points a game this week, next week, the next week, and the next week, we you can't rule out an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl if the right. defense peaks at the right time. You're just not going to do that blowing coverage, just playing selfish and, uh, and playing uh, – you know, not playing gap sound and and not finishing on tackle. It ain't even about finishing tackles. It's just getting the tackles. Like it ain't like oh they're not they're not finishing strong enough. It's like what are they're we not arriving at confrontation the right Absolutely. way? And we're we look like we're on skates when we get there. So, yep. um, yeah. But Mike, good good uh good comment there, buddy, for sure. John Schmidt in the chat says, please please God no Brandon Staley. We need to pull his defensive numbers because. Uh, you know, I, I agree, John. I agree. I'm on the surface, and I haven't dug too deep. I, I don't like the idea of Brandon Staley coming in and being the DC. But there's been some really good coordinators over the over the course of the of the history of the game that were horrible head coaches and went right back to being really good coordinators. So we are such Packer fans, dude. We're we're already complaining about the potential <laughs> replacements of the guy we're already complaining about. Hire this guy, but. If they hire this guy, we're gonna, hire anyone else. We're going to hate him, too. <laughs> oh, well, let's see what Blake – Blake said he's got some advice for Joe Barry. He said uh, – actually, I'll let I'll let a former Hall of Fame quarterback say it for us here. Uh, if I've got – do I, I – did I really? No, there it is. All right. Blake Barry says, got some advice for Joe Barry. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off, then quit. I hope they don't take two weeks off, Blake. I hope we're playing hey, next hey, week. Run the, run the Nick Saban clip right after that. <laughs> Yeah, okay, here we go. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Joe Barry, <laughs> res- Joe Barry responded. <laughs> Love it. I'll see here. Uh, Chris N says, Staley would run the exact same defense as Barry. Chris, you would be correct if we were running Joe Barry's defense, but we're not even running Joe Barry's defense primarily. What we're running is a lot of cover one man and spinner. Um, yeah, there's – we've gotten completely away from what we brought him in here to do. And that's one of the reasons why they've hit so many explosive plays in the passing game, in my opinion. But um, if you got the horses, if you got the, if you got the horses to play man coverage or play press, do it. That's not how this roster is built. And that's where you've got to sync up the front office with the coaching staff. You got to make sure they're lockstep. Michael Lombardi talks about this all the time. People say, how come, these, all of these coordinators for the New England Patriots get head coaching jobs and they suck when they go there. It's because 
the Patriots were built to win a certain way because Belichick was the GM and he knew exactly he was he was shopping for the groceries and he was cooking the meal, right? And he had guys in place. They would go take that quote unquote Patriot way to another team and they'd have a GM that wasn't lockstep with them. They'd be building the roster a certain way while the coaches were trying to coach a certain way. That's how you end up with awkward conversations in uh in closed room meetings between uh McDaniel and Pierce out there in uh in Vegas where he basically got ran out of town. So you gotta you gotta marry up the scheme with the coaches, with the with the players. And it all starts with the you know the personnel directors for sure. Um, I love that type of stuff. We're going to be plenty of time to talk about that here in the offseason as we dive into all that for sure. Eric Sutherland said, bring back Patton as D.C. and Capers as his assistant. Could you oh, imagine? Oh, dear Lord, you're going to start a riot. Let's put all four. Let's put them all in the same room together. Let's get Capers. We're going to keep Joe Barry. Joe Barry's going to be the linebacker coach. Dom Capers is going to be the secondary coach. Mike Petton's going to be the defensive line coach. And who can we bring in to be the D.C.? Who can we bring in to be the D.C.? How about Matt Patricia? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Jeez, old Pete. Now, now you're starting something, Clayton. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's see. Uh, let's see. Drew D. says, I don't think you can judge a D.C. by how their defense was as a head coach. I completely agree, Drew. Completely agree. And I'm not – again, I got to say this so I don't get stones thrown at me. I'm not saying I like Brandon Staley as D.C., but I think there's a lot of truth to what you just said, Drew, for sure. So um, let's see what else we got here. Number one Packer fan said, let's just go on NFL Blitz video game defense. Drop an elbow on a guy. LOL. <laughs> you, hey, you want to see that stuff, just turn on the 90s tape, man. There's plenty of that going on. My gosh, 80s and 90s. Woo! Oh, yeah, right? Like, just watch Reggie White highlights, right? Like, every single one of those sacks is a penalty today. You know, <laughs> it just is what it is. Chewy in the chat says Fritz Shermer for DC. Oh, about that Chewy and Fritz Shermer ain't with the team anymore, is he? Am I thinking he uh he already moved on, didn't he? To the uh yeah the other side. So yeah, Fritz. Yeah. Uh, I know he's joking. I'm sure, but um I wasn't a big Packer fan when they won the Super Bowl in the '90s. You know, I was obviously a football fan, but I wasn't really a, a big NFL fan. I become a Packer fan back in '03. So uh, when I hear people talk about Fritz Shermer, it sounded like he was a hell of a coach, though. I mean, obviously, you go back and watch those defenses. They were solid. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Uh, Blake Berry says Mike Zimmer and Lovey Smith on the defensive staff as well. Man, <laughs> pulling all the names out tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Doug said, Chewy, God rest his soul. Love Fritz. Fritz was the man. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard one Packer fan, one former player, say anything negative about Fritz Shermer. Oh, no. They love Just him. listen to Leroy, Leroy Butler talk about him. I mean, yeah. just great, great reverence for, for Fritz. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. Doug said Fritz had junk defense. He would drop Gilbert Brown into coverage. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's see. Last one. Drew D in the chat says, Shermer had a lot of energy on the sideline. He didn't sit up in the box. It's funny, though, Drew, last year everybody was saying we need to get Joe Barry in the box. He can't see things properly on the sideline. Now he's in the box. It's, he doesn't care. He's not on the sideline. <laughs> I, what I tell you, what does piss me off, Tim, is how they put the camera right in that guy's face every game. Oh yeah, that drives me insane, man. I mean, they do that to a lot of the DCs, but not not with the frequency that Joe right. Barry gets like constantly. And it's like they got it queued up. Hey, listen, we're going to talk trash about Joe Barry and this defense, and when we do, put that camera right in his grill. He had to have agreed to it. I'm sure he agreed to it, which kind of wouldn't surprise me at all because Joe Barry just seems like the type of guy that's you know. Just, yeah, whatever. Cool. So, all right. 
Parting thoughts, Tim. Let's get out of here. We got a pregame show to do tomorrow. We got a postgame show to do tomorrow. We got the biggest football game of the season. Couldn't ask for anything else, man. Playing for a playoff spot, Lambeau Field, cold weather. Going to be colder than a well digger's booty. I'm so excited about it, man. How you? What's on your mind here? Not before. It's what we talked about all year long. Started it during training camp, man. Playing meaningful football in January. Here we are, boys and girls, on the eve of the most meaningful football game of the year. You get some music keyed up here. Man, I'm telling you guys, <laughs> I'm fired up. I can imagine the vibe with these players right now. These guys have got to be absolutely chomping at the bit. I don't know how they're going to sleep a wink tonight, um, other than that they're resting assured, knowing they have a great game plan, and uh, we're going to be ready in all phases tomorrow. Offense, defense, and special teams, we're going to get it done. We win as a team tomorrow, and I don't care if it's by three or 30. Go, Pack, go. Just get the dub. Love it. Love it. John Schmidt in the chat said, hmm, at least Gilbert was in zone as opposed to Preston versus Devontae Adams. Actually, Preston Smith was in zone as well. That really got blown out of proportion. He was in zone. It's because how he played zone, it made it look like he was a man, but he was actually in zone coverage. Many people didn't catch on to that. You probably heard podcasters say it, but. You go talk to the, the tape junkies and actually watch the scheme. If he was playing man on Devontae, he was the only one playing man coverage on that play. So let's keep that in mind. At least that's how I remember it because I've seen people saying, I can't believe that that was the game plan to put Preston Smith and man coverage on Devontae. That Dude, was not guys, just let it go. <laughs> just let it go, man. Gotta Your let life go. will be so much happier. I'll tell you what we won't let go, though. Prince in the chat. And that profile pic, good God, Marty said Gilbert's backpedal into coverage was a thing of beauty. I bet it was a thing of beauty, man. I bet it looked like two, two hippopotamuses uh, fighting in his trousers, man, <laughs> backside, him trying to drop into coverage. God, he was fun to watch. So I love going back and watching the old clips of him. He was just – the grave digger was the man. All right. We're out of here, guys. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. This has been a lot of fun. We covered a lot of stuff. Got a lot, a lot of things hit there. I just wanted to kind of set the stage for the final game of the season. You guys know how the team statistics sit. Let's see if the defense can kind of uh, go out there. And what was the points again? Let me take one more gander here. If we give up less than 30 points, then we've given up less points this year than we did last year and the year before. So um, they come out and they give up 10 points. I don't know what else we could – expect from the defense to be honest with you you know especially with the injuries that's the big thing there was yeah. not one time this year not one time this year where those eight first rounders on the field at the same time not once i don't think there was a time this year that six of them were on the field at once so we got to stop trumpeting that too injuries happen it's not an excuse but you you do have to put things into perspective and go okay yeah everybody's running around going you got eight first rounders this defense needs to be better i'm sorry it it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you got Lou Ferrigno playing middle linebacker. If he's in the tub, you can't say we got Lou Ferrigno, Ferrigno out there playing middle linebacker. Um, that drove me crazy all year long. Absolutely drove me crazy. So, anyway, hit that like button for us, guys, before you all go out the door here. Uh, it'll help other Packer fans find this channel, find this content. We really, really appreciate you all hanging out with us. It's been a fun season, man. It's bittersweet that the regular season's coming to an end here. Let's hope we got at least one more week to talk. But we ain't going anywhere. We're still going to try to be doing daily shows, at least daily shows in the offseason. That's going to be the goal. And uh, 
really, really going to challenge myself to come up with decent content too. We don't want any filler. If it worst case scenario, we have to take it to 30 minute episodes. We'll do that. We definitely don't want to waste people's time just trying to fill an hour. But anyway, appreciate you guys. Like I said, spending the evening with us. Want to give a special thanks to Jerry Weiss Corbley for the super chat. You are awesome. Congratulations to Chad. Appreciate you becoming a YouTube member of the PTA Posse. We'll get you entered into winning that David Bakhtiari jersey. Again, guys, uh, make sure that if that's something you're interested in, you got to be a YouTube member by midnight tonight to get yourself entered into that contest. It's a home Beckett style autographed David Bakhtiari jersey with a certificate of authenticity, all that stuff. It might be one with the barcode. It comes with a barcode sticker. You can just scan it. It shows all your authenticity there. Really cool piece of memorabilia. I've actually got one hung up on the wall back here uh, in the little theater area. So, uh, yeah, with that being said, we're out of here. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. We'll see you all tomorrow for the pregame show. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go back, go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. You tell the tackle.